Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision making. A very good morning to you and welcome to Beyond Governance at High FM 101.9. And thanks for tuning in on this glorious Thursday morning here in Johannesburg. Uh, yours truly is Nimrod Mbele, and I'm delighted to share this space and time with you, the beloved listener of, the, of this wonderful show. If you're joining us for the first time, you are most welcome to be on Government Show. I hope we will definitely measure up to your expectations but as we continue to bring you the latest thinking, insights on critical policy and programming issues which shape the social and economic landscape here at home, uh, in the continent and indeed throughout the world. If you missed any of our shows, not to worry, simply visit the website, which is www.highfm.com, to, re- to retrieve the podcast and share your views via our SMS line, which is 34519. And of course, I do take your in- insight via my Twitter handle, which is at Mbele Nimrod. In today's show, we are talking about the evolution of Africa trade agreement through the prism of the African Business Council, which is led by Dr. Amur as far as its president. Dr. Asfor is joined by Sol Molobi, who's, the, who's, the, who's no longer a stranger to the show. Sol is the former Consul General of South Africa to Milan. He's also the founding group chairperson and, of, and the CEO at Brazil Africa. Uh, without any waste of time, colleagues, let me take this opportunity to, to graciously welcome you. Thank you very much, uh, my good doctor, and good morning to all your listeners. You're most welcome, sir. Dr. Sfu. Good morning. Very happy to be with you here across Africa, linking to from Cairo to Cape. (laughs) Thank you very much, my good doctor. In setting the scene, we know that the Africa Trade Continental Free Agreement is an ambitious trade that seeks to uh, 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 pose itself as the largest free trade area by connecting almost 1.3 billion uh, people across 54 countries in the continent. We also know that the agreement aims to create a single market for goods and services in order to deepen the economic integration uh, of Africa. By the way, this is long overdue. We also know that this trade area could combine a gross domestic product of around 3.4 trillion. However, there are a lot of issues that needs to be threshed out for this ambitious target to be met. In making sense of this, perhaps maybe let's start with Dr. Spool. Before we start with you, my good doctor, could you kindly give us a sense as to who you are, I'm quite sure that most of the listeners in this country are quite keen to know. I've, I've seen and read your very elaborate uh, CV, but it's best if you give us a sense as to who you are exactly. Over to you, Doc. Thank you, thank you. Well, actually, I am Dr. Amani Asur. First, I am an African citizen, and I am in the private sector. I'm a professor of pediatrics. But what makes it very important is that I represent the private sector of Africa, the women entrepreneurs, the SMEs. I am the voice for or actually those who have no voice, the cross-border women traders. I am the chair for the African Alliance for Women Empowerment, president of the Africa Business Council, the founder for the African Training Center for uh, SMEs, Women and Youth, a vice president for uh, Pan-African Committee for Trade and Investment, and the Chair for Trade Promotion Committee of Comesa Business Council. Oh, thank you very much for that uh, quite interesting uh, uh, CV that you have that you've shared with us. It really shows that some of us are not really doing enough comp- comparing the kind of uh, CV that you have. 
but it's certainly an impressive and a motivation for us to pursue. As we start uh, a doc, first maybe even before you do that, because we are due for quick commercial break. In that way, um, can I request that we take it and get back to you in a second? Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back, colleagues. Um, thank you very much for that interesting um, profile that you've shared with us. Coming back to you again, Dr. Asfo, what is the exact objective of the Africa Business Council? And what what is really what is that it, it seeks to achieve? Okay, well, actually, Africa Business Council is established in line with the decision summit of the African heads of states to boost our intra-Africa trade, to operationalize the Africa contented free trade area, to be the continental body of the private sector of Africa and unite the voice of private sector of Africa. It actually, it's our founding vision is a competitive, innovative, borderless Africa for trade, investment, and industrialization. So Africa Business Council, its members are the regional uh, apex bodies of the private sector across the continent. That would include uh, our our members, Comesa Business Council, which is a common market for East and Southern Africa with the 21 countries, the SADC Business Council, the Southern Africa Business Council, the uh, Pan-African Chambers of Commerce, the East Africa Chambers of Commerce, the West Africa Chambers of Commerce, also the continental bodies like the Pan-African Manufacturer Association, the Africa A Trade Group, the African Alliance for Women Empowerment. Our membership is including business associations, REX business associations, chambers of commerce, private sector federations, union of industries, manufacturers associations, women business organization, youth business organization. It is there actually to unite our Africa private voice and come together for the objectives of transferring our African private sector to lead and to promote investment industrialization and to promote our value-added uh, uh, products in Africa. It's obviously a mammoth task, given the fact that there are a lot of challenges that are, are facing the continent in, in a quest to, I suppose, ascend to its rightful position in the world. For we all know that the trade amongst African countries is quite low, the last time I checked, we're sitting at less than 16%. But having said that, can I just quickly bring in Brasol here? So you have been party to the evolution of the trade agreement initiatives. What would you say the highlights inception? In fact, previously we've said that um, it took over 72 years to establish the European Union into an economic block it is today. And we were saying that we are, we are quite confident that Africa will take far much less than 72 years integrating itself into one economic block. And indeed, today what Dr. Asfor is going to share with us clearly shows that indeed the process of integration is continuing very well and this further confirms our hope that indeed we should be able to integrate ourselves into a, a continental market sooner than the 72 years that took uh, Europe. There have been a number of meetings that took place in, in January. Listeners may remember that um, 
We've spoken about the phase one negotiations that were focusing on trade in goods and trade in services and dispute settlements. And we said that the second phase will entail investment, development of competition policy, and development of intellectual uh, property rights agreement. And the last phase, which will be phase three, will be looking at e-commerce. But today is a day of celebration, um, as Dr. Esco is going to tell us that uh, we will be celebrating the lighting of the Africa trade um, torch, which gives hope to all of us as Africans that indeed the integration of our continent is on the move. Well, thank you very much for that, Dr. Mulobi, for bringing uh, us in your confidence in terms of key outcomes of negotiations which has taken place to, to date, which uh, give a sense that there is definitely a, a light at the end of the, of the tunnel. Talking of the light on the tunnel, you have, you, have, you have indicated to us that today is a celebration of the lighting of Africa trade torch. Can I bring in Dr. Sport here in, in giving us a sense of what is it that the celebration entails and what are the expectations at the end of the day? Well, my brother, lighting the Africa trade torch is an initiative of the private sector of the Africa Business Council in commemoration of the start of the trading under the Africa Continental Free Trade Area that took place in 1st of January last year, 2021. So the, we started this initiative last year to popularize the Africa Continental Free Trade Area to engage everybody on the continent on why is the ACFTA, why lighting the Africa trade torch, how can we have real integration among all of us to actually transform our African continent by trade and boost our intra-Africa trade to invest in industrialization, to promote value-added made-in-Africa products. This year, the theme will be from Cairo to Cape, from Lagos to Mombasa, from Dakar to Dar es Salaam, for economic empowerment of African private sector, operationalization, popularization of the Africa content of free trade area, boosting our intra-Africa trade and promoting made-in-Africa products. So actually, it is a very, very important for all of us in Africa because everybody will engage the private sector, whether big companies or youth entrepreneurs, startups, whether large corporates or women in the market. So it's about us as African private sector to come together and light Africa trade torch for the real integration among us from Cairo to Cape. That's fascinating to hear, Dr. School, and I sincerely hope that all the barrier issues that have been highlighted in the trade will be taken into account. But as you know, the market is very uh, disaggregated. We've got the large portion of African continent trade as informal traders, small SMMEs. To what extent is the council? Because in most instances, bigger corporations or bigger entities that represent business, they have a propensity to not to integrate or promote in the same rigor, SMMEs. To what extent uh, informal trade informal traders or informal sector of the business is going to be firstly taken into account and promoted to migrate into a, a mainstream. What are some of the issues that the, the council is doing over and above just advocating 
the voices of the mainstream business. Well, this is a very, very important, my dear brother, because actually more than 90% of all our private sector across the continent are small and medium enterprises. Informal sector actually contributes a majority in our uh, uh, economy across the whole continent. So the Africa Business Council have technical committees through which they will we will be operating. One of it is for small and medium enterprises, another for youth committee, another for women entrepreneurs committee, What we are really achieving to do is that to have a voice for everybody and to have an enabling environment for all the private sector across the continent, whether it's a large corporate or a cross-border women traders. So there will be actually uh, position papers for the reference to what is needed, what are the challenges, what are the solutions, how can we integrate the the whole formal economy. Is it possible to start the, their own companies, to promote them, even cross-border women traders, to train them, build their capacity in order to understand what is the free trade area, how do they can really capitalize on the Uh, the, the trade of uh, products and services, as my brother Saul have said, what it is really about information, access to information. It's about the access to all advocacy for the for for the whole enabling environment. And actually, I we we do have a strategy. I call it the triad of empowerment. It depends on three pillars, three P's. First, private sector strengthening, including SMEs, women, and youth. Second is policy advocacy, and the third is product development. So these three pillars we are working on, private sector strengthening is about getting information, access to to financial uh, inclusion, it's about training, it's about awareness of the existing agreements. That's why today the Africa Trade Torch is one of the tools to popularize the African content of free trade area. So in order to see how does it mean for our African people. Policy advocacy is huge in for, because we really need to see how our African leaders, our policy makers, make sure that there is real integration and that everybody is on board. So one of the issues that we are really working on is government procurement. And with this government procurement, as I was chair for Commercial Business Council, I have advocated to have at least 30% of all government procurement goes to SMEs, women and youth. And uh, uh, President Uhuru Kenyatta of Kenya, he really implemented this in Kenya. Now all the uh, uh, government procurement, 30%, are for SMEs, women, youth, and people with disability. And President Ramaphosa, actually, during his access, when he was the chair of African Union, we also spoke to him before it, and he really announced during his, his uh, the chairmanship of South Africa to African Union that at least 40% of all government procurement could go, assert, uh, could go to SMEs. What we are trying now really to achieve across the whole continent is that at least 40% of all government procurement goes to African local product because we need to have this this policy adopted, implemented across the continent to promote, as you rightly said, the SMEs and not to compete with multinational companies or big corporates. The third pillar and also about financial inclusion, also we are working to see how we have access to a credit to and, finan- and tailored financial products to our SMEs to be able really to access this. The third pillar is about product development. So if we're talking now today, my brother, about Africa content of free trade area, 
about boosting our intra-Africa trade, what are we going to trade among ourselves? Are we going to bring value added from outside the continent? No. We need a strong, competitive, value-added, standardized African products. And that's actually one of the major objectives of Africa Business Council, how to really train the African private sector to have a value-added and use the huge resources of our continent, because Africa is the richest continent on the world with natural resources, but we don't add value to it. So these are three pillars that we are working to see how we have a real integration among us as private sector. Thank you very much for that insight, Dr. Sfou, which is quite incredible. I do appreciate the fact that there is a drive from different governments across the 54 states in Africa to try and procure almost 40% of these goods and services to SMMEs. That is quite laudable. Uh, but obviously, we all know there's always a discrepancy between policy pronouncement and execution. Uh, obviously, from the execution side of things, government needs to do more than just uh, making pro- policy pronouncement. But let me bring in Russell here. Give us a sense of where things are at based on Dr. Asfour's articulation of those three key pillars. One, obviously, being government's procurement, the second one being access to credit, and thirdly, and most importantly, in my view, that is this product development. What you take on this uh, issues that were raised by Dr. Stroh. My excitement about today's event is that, as you know, I'm a marketer by by profession. Uh, Philip Kotler, one of the foremost thought leaders on marketing, and he has written many textbooks uh, on marketing. He said that marketing is too important to be left to marketers. Basically, he was calling for for everyone in a company to embrace marketing principles because ultimately uh, revenue generation for every institution is dependent on how customers out there are perceiving uh, that company brand. So similarly, I would say my excitement today about business uh, launching this event today basically says to me that Africa's integration is so important that we can leave it only to to politicians. And in this regard, uh, it means that our businesses have to ensure that they are the implementers of any integration project. They should be uh, actively involved so that ultimately the integration is not just left to the state parties or to politicians. On that note, Pastor Guri, just hold on a second because we definitely need to take a quick break. Joined by Dr. Asmo Aspo, who is the president of Africa Business Council, and Sol Mulobi, who is the chief executive at Brand Africa. And we are unpacking interesting development in as far as Africa trade is concerned. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back again. If you have just joined us, we're having a very interesting conversations with uh, you know, key thought leaders in the African uh, business context. That is the that is Dr. Amil Asfour, who is the president of Africa Business Council, and, and Sol Mulobi, who is the chief executive at Brand Hill Africa. Before we went to the break, Sol was giving us his view in terms of what he perceives as excitement points, which were, which were clearly articulated by Dr. Amsfour. Please proceed, uh, Russell. Before I respond to the three issues uh, indicated, um, 
let me just give you what has been happening as a context, because ultimately our responses to the three issues have to be situated within this context of what state parties have been doing. Uh, so far, 43 offers have been submitted, meaning 43 African countries have already submitted their instruments for ratification of the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, which is very good because it's 43 countries out of the 55 AU member states. And out of the 43, 29 of them already comply with the modalities. And then 87.3% of rules of origin for tariff lines have already been concluded. The only outstanding ones are on rules of origin, are on automotive products, and also on textiles and clothing. And, you know, with textiles and clothing, this already speaks to the, uh, the small and medium uh, enterprises across the, the entire continent, because our economy continentally is largely dependent on, on your small, medium enterprises. And there are many meetings taking place between now and the first week of February, because as you know, every first week of February, all the heads of state and government converge in Ethiopia at the AU summit. So they will be uh, approving, uh, be, they'll be given feedback on what progress have been made, and they'll also then approve some of the issues that will need uh, a ratification or endorsement at heads of state and government level. So things are going very, very well. Now, the other milestone achieved uh, two weeks ago was the launch of a, a continental payment system. As you know, previously, uh, there were problems if you were ordering from another African country, uh, payment process was very... Uh, uh, very slow and very uh, frustrating, and as a result, it impacted negatively on on business transacting uh, from one African country to another. But this was launched um, uh, two weeks ago, which means that trade will be easily facilitated in between African countries. And these are tangible deliverables that we are talking about, which will facilitate uh, further integration, but beyond that, it will also facilitate SMME uh, contact to another SMME contact in another country. So this will help us to increase uh, intra-African trade so that ultimately we are able to reach the target that has been set for us by the architects of the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. Thank you very much for that insight. As we gravitate towards the close of a very interesting conversation we hear, I want to bring in Dr. Pro here. One of the critical issues which I suppose the light of the torch would address is the proliferation of the non-tariff barriers, uh, which have really hindered in intra-Africa trade. I suppose the continental payment system, which Saul has spoken about, is obviously one of those. But what are other critical variables that the non-tariff barriers would, would have to be eliminated. My brother, this is very important because in order to have actually trade among us, intra-Africa trade among our 
our whole continent, we need to really have good infrastructure, whether infrastructure for roads, for 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 for, uh, for aviation, for all the connectivity among ourselves. We need to have a real investment in the infrastructure, investment in the connectivity. We need to also have more with reference to how we are uh, uh, integrating all our African private sector, how we are able to have financial inclusion for everybody, how to have energy, which is for industrialization is crucial. How are we going to make awareness about the laws and the trade agreements. If we go now for the cross-border women traders, for instance, across the continent, to see what are they know about ACFTA or how they are know, for instance, if in Comesa, what do they know about the Comesa trade regime or simplified trade regime? So they are not aware of what's happening on the continent. So there is a lot, actually, of barriers uh, that we really need to see how we can make it uh, facilitated in order to make sure that our African private sector is aware, our infrastructure is there, all the things that is is really about the uh, uh, in, uh, uh, linking the industrialization with the value and the value additions for our raw materials. There is a lot that we are working together to see how we really have the trade smooth among our African continent. And it is really in order to have real solutions or for the trade, always say we are talking about 10 ins, the indigenous capacity building of the private sector, the internal policy reforms regarding all the agreements and the trade negotiations, information and communication for all our private sector and uh, per, uh, making a dialogue with the policymakers, innovation and scientific research, because it is very important to link our industrialization, our scientific research across the continent with the industrialization, intellectual property protection, investment and access to credit, inclusion financially, infrastructure and energy, industrialization and integration among ourselves for increased productivity. So if we are, re- if we are really talking about how we can have this as all of us come together and have a real partnership between the government, the private sector, the policymakers, the scientific research institution to have a coordinated efforts and to have a real roadmap for our intra-Africa trade. Let me chip in to give you an example to amplify what Dr. Esfo is saying on interconnectivity and the need for infrastructure development across the continent. For instance, if you produce an item in South Africa right now and you want to export it into Niger, because there is no direct connectivity in terms of rail and road and also in terms of freight, uh, air freight between South Africa and Niger, that item will first be flown to Paris, and from Paris, it will fly back into Africa, into Niger. And by the time it lands into Niger, uh, the study has shown that the cost has already increased by 35%, which means that that item may not use competitive advantage over products 
that were imported into Niger from Southern Europe. Because when it leaves South Africa, it joins products produced in Southern Europe in Paris, and then it flies with them back into Africa. So there's no way that it will be cheaper than those products that were imported from Southern Europe. The same applies to all the cheap imports from China, that our businesses in Africa haven't been able to compete with them on price. So it is very important that we develop in connectivity between African countries and we also improve on our customs and border management because one study has also indicated that if we manage our borders very well, we may reduce the cost of freight um, amongst African countries by up to 20%. Thank you very much, Russell. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. We literally have to wrap up, but as a parting shot, Dr. Unspool. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. I want to really uh, congratulate the role that Business Africa's uh, Council is playing initiating the celebration of Africa Trade Talks. But your party short, what else are you envisaging being done differently to address some of the very complex issues, um, literally in a minute? Well, actually, my brother, in order to have to trade among ourselves, we need to have a strong African product. So there should be promotion for the African private sector and the startups of the youth. We have some more than 60% of Africa is less than 35 years. We need to establish business development centers, business incubators, technology hubs to link it with science and technology and to work on advocacy for the best enabling environment within our African leaders and policymakers. We need to uh, strengthen our African private sector. We need to have more information among ourselves. As my brother said, Saul, how can we really promote our products from South Africa to Egypt, from Mombasa to Lagos, from Dakar to Dar es Salaam? All this we need information about what is this trade agreement and how we can make it really happen, not only on the big corporates, but all over our continent including the cross-border traders, the women market, the youth entrepreneurs. Okay, no, thank you very much, uh, Doc. Prasol, before we wrap up, let me go back to Dr. Spool. One of the issues that perhaps maybe is not crystally coming out is issues of ethics and business. In South Africa, we have had instances where the state has been captured by few individuals. That, for us, is the lesson that in all these major initiatives, there has to be a stronger voice that looks at how business conducted itself. To what extent is the, the Africa Business Council addressing this? It's very important ethics and business and corporate governance because this is very important in actually in order to have a solid foundation for our uh, African businesses together. So this is one issue that, of course, it's part of the whole architecture of Africa Business Council to make sure for code of ethics among our businesses and also for the corporate governance. We really need to really promote the Africa we want. The Africa we want is a prosperous, peaceful, integrated Africa driven by the citizens of Africa. And we are the citizens of Africa and we make sure that Africa is about integration, it's about credibility, it's about how we have good governance, rule of law, and how we have the businesses 
promoted on real ethics. Absolutely. Rasul, your last part is short on this very point that I've just raised. Africa's integration process is unstoppable, and we all we need to do is to mobilize all sectors to come on board, and also to thank High FM, especially through you, uh, Dr. Mbele, that you you have been doing very well in in promoting uh, the integration uh, project from Jumbo Africa Online's uh, perspective. Uh, we will continue promoting the African Business Council so that we get all national business chambers and regional business chambers uh, to support this initiative. But also in integration, I, as we are speaking, I've just received an SMS from my bank that says that, in fact, um, from now onwards, I could send a money to anyone uh, who is the the branch customer in Namibia, Lesotho, and Eswatini, and the money will clear in less than two hours. For me, this is one example of the integration process uh, continuing underway. And thank you so much for the interview and uh, the opportunity given. And let me also thank Dr. S for having joined us this morning. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Sfo. I couldn't have said it best. It has been an absolute pleasure to hear your voice, and we wish you uh, uh, all the best in your future endeavors. Thank you very much. I'm really blessed to be with all of you and joining you from the tip of Africa up till the tip of Africa down. This is the real integration coming together to achieve and realize our Africa 2030 development agenda of our, the Africa we want. Thank you very much. There we go. Uh, that's a very interesting conversation that we have just had with uh, esteemed colleague here, Dr. As- Amsme Asfo, who is the president of African Business Council, and of course, Sol Molobi, who is the chief executive at Brand Hill Africa. Uh, in our conversation this glorious uh, Thursday morning, we were unpacking how how the Africa trade uh, glitches uh, are being unpacked, and it certainly does come across as Africa's uh, suddenly and, and rightfully so put its best foot forward. There's a whole lot of things that are coming. I would urge all the listeners of this particular show to heed the call and join in the celebration of the lighting of Africa Trade Torch, which is taking place today. Uh, it has been absolute pleasure to have you once again. Do meet us. We all know that you know COVID-19 is still amongst us. Uh, it, and even though there's a bit of a light end of the tunnel, but let's stay safe. Until we meet again, shalom. Beyond Governance was brought to you by Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. And now it is the time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point. It is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making.